fighting for freedom every day. You as the individual, you have the power. You don't have to join a union. You go in as an entry-level position. You get the experience that you need. And then as you work up, you get better at your job, which means they pay you more. If they don't pay you more, then you go to another company to show what you've learned and what your value is to where you can get more. If they really don't like that, then you can go and start your own damn business because we have a free market laissez-faire capitalist society allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. All right, it is. Welcome into the program. It is a Monday, the greatest day of the entire week. Trying to get things back on track. Trying to lay out your strategy of success for the week. That's what we're all about here on the show. Welcome in. It's great to have you along for the ride today. Broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas. On our flagship radio station, we are all over the country, multiple radio stations, TV stations, live stream and uh, podcast, wherever you may be watching or listening. We appreciate you, your millennial general reporting for duty like we do every day. And boy, do we have a heck of a lot to talk about. I got a treat for you today. There is some, uh, we're going to do things a little bit different today-ish. Bottom of the hour, we have Tom Rigsby. He is the executive director of an organization called American Contingency, which you can find at AmericanContingency.com, where they prepare individuals for disasters, emergencies, whether it's trying to stock up on food or water or health and medicinal stuff or your mindset, your uh, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual state, where are you at in case something bad goes happen. Now, I'm not just talking about, of course, the zombie apocalypse, which is going to happen, and we all need to be prepared for that. Uh, what I am talking about, though, is uh, if weather emergencies happen. I live in Kansas. There are tornadoes around these areas, and are you prepared in case something happens? If you're in a major city across the nation and a weird protest breaks out and you see Black Lives Matter or Antifa causing issues, are you prepared for those? So, a uh, great guy. And looking forward to talking to Tom Rigsby coming up at the bottom of the hour. And we'll do some preparedness conversation, as I know a lot of individuals like to have once in a while. We're gonna. It's going to be like the show, what is it, uh, uh, Doomsday Preppers. Or is it or just preppers or doomsday, whatever it is. That show is fun. I enjoy it. And then everybody's like, hey, this is what we would do in the in the case of an emergency. And then they get ranked by experts on how well, based on security and based on food and based on water supplies and safety and whatever else they have. Kind of fun. So we'll do that conversation coming up at the bottom of the hour. Hope you had a great weekend. It was it went by way too fast, like usual. I am always way too busy. I never get a chance to just like kick back and relax a little bit. Uh, but it was fun. It was great. And hopefully you got to enjoy it as well. I am intrigued by some of the conversations going on over in Asia. Now, not just Russia and the Ukraine that we will get to in a second, as apparently Russia is beginning to pull out of the capital of Kiev. What's their strategy? We'll break that down in a second. But outside of that as well, China is back in the news with their COVID-19 and the latest in what's trending. What's trending today? Now, I want to start this off with a headline from MSN.com to where they are losing their minds over in China with the latest COVID-19 variants. Not just the BA.2, which is the sub-variant of the variant of Omicron, but uh, they're also saying that there are new substrains that are just popping up all over the place. Obviously, the place that originated the virus has a lot of subvariants because the population is really, really high there. The condensing of the population is really, really tight there. And, of course, you're going to get that because you can only contain yourself for so long. You can only quarantine for so long. And now, apparently, China going back under lockdowns, which is a concern for them. I don't think we should really give a crap over here in the United States. Why? Because they're not that dangerous. We have natural immunity. And the ones that did get their vaccines, well, then you got your vaccine and hopefully that keeps you safe. 
I don't know what else to say. I hope it works for you. I hope it keeps you safe. I hope you didn't just shoot your immune system to where you can't naturally actually become uh, uh, immune to things by actually getting naturally exposed to it, which according to Dr. Robert Malone, who we did have on the program a couple of weeks ago, he says that is concerned about getting three, four, and five different booster shots from an mRNA vaccine. Outside of all of that, it is getting a little concerning uh, due to not just what the headlines are saying, but what people are actually doing out there as well. And I'm not going to give any names, but we do have uh, the latest from our mailbox. What's in the mailbox? As one of our great listeners who's been listening for a long time, he's been a great listener for years, emailed me some of the pictures and texted me some of the pictures over the weekend of uh, he travels for work a lot and went over to China just as they were about to lock down with some of the stuff that they do. I don't know exactly what he does, but does work and travels around the globe all over the place and said that uh, they were one of the last few flights going into China and showed me some of the pictures of the completely deserted streets in China showed how they were completely just barren. The streets were open. There was nobody in the ports. There were nobody in the airports. It was just all just dead. After all the flights, after any t- anybody walks around anywhere, these crazy teams of hazmat-suited people come in and spray this antiviral whatever it is that goes around and tries to kill stuff. That's insane. That's taken things to an entirely new level. Now, is it necessary? Probably not, but it's China, and they're paranoid, and they're a communist nation anyways that uh, just likes to lock down people and control their people. So are they taking things to the extreme? Of course they are. They're probably also trying to go out of their way politically to look like they're doing something because of the fact that they're kind of the origin base of a global pandemic that shut down the the globe for the last two years so i don't know what their play is but i find it quite interesting of how badly they're locking things down apparently they're set to lock things down for two weeks again in the country of china because of these new variants now for those maybe on the other side of the aisle here politically in the u.s and for those that are just scared in general of the world and hate to walk outside of their door without being in bubble wrap all the time that's probably going to be a concern for them if oh my gosh if china's locking things down that bad then we need to probably look at locking things down again and how our freedoms are getting in the way of actually just being safe because safety and security comes over freedoms and you know it goes down to that whole discussion that we've had for the last two years based on social distancing essential businesses masking vaccines and so on and so forth so are we going to see a new subvariant come up that's going to be a cause for concern? Now, remember, the BA.2 subvariant that is the variant of the Omicron is an extremely light, non-dangerous subvariant, at least from what we've seen in other places. So why China's acting this way? I don't know. Doesn't make any sense to me because the United Kingdom has had a slight increase in cases, but their severity of hospitalizations and death rates have not gone up in any way, shape, or form, meaning that it's not that dangerous, and it's actually giving people a chance to become naturally immune to the virus by getting it, not having serious cases, and then going about their business. And as Dr. Fauci so eloquently said just a couple of weeks ago, is that we're usually two to three to four to five whatever weeks behind the UK, which means it's on the way over here if it's not here already. And even he didn't expect us to see a major increase in hospitalizations or deaths. Although, of course, he was trying to push the vaccine, get the vaccine, so that way you can be protected from a variant that's not increasing hospitalizations or deaths. I don't know why you need it, but apparently we had to. So very interesting with China, and I do appreciate uh, that from our great listeners that have sent those pictures and messages where he's seeing it firsthand. 
I mean, those were not from like, oh, this is what the media is showing. This is from him firsthand being over there, traveling to China and seeing the deserted streets, seeing nobody going anywhere, seeing the hazmat suited teams going around spraying ridiculous things all over the place because they're so paranoid about these viruses. Is it because of the concern or is it a political stage to say like they're actually doing something? That's up for you to decide. I have no idea. So that's what we're getting out of there. On the uh, just next door to them, what we see what's going on with Russia and and uh, the Ukraine. Now we're hearing the Biden administration calling for Putin to be drawn up on war crimes against humanity. Is it going to happen? Probably not. Probably not. Andy, why do you say that? Well, the reason I say that is because I mean, look at who's running the United Nations. The United States and Russia. Russia has a major influence in the United Nations, and the United Nations being the global government entity that we're all looking forward to centralizing, uh, they're being controlled by Russia in many aspects. And again, I encourage the left-wing progressives to recalculate their thought process here, because if the United Nations is being run by the global dictator, then would they actually hold the global dictator accountable? Is it one of those, like, if the tree falls in the woods and no one's there to see it, does it actually make a sound? If the global dictator is running the global government, then would the global government actually hold the global dictator accountable when they do really, really bad things? The answer would be no, by the way. They wouldn't. Should he be drawn up on war uh, crimes against humanity? Absolutely he should be. Is some of the stuff staged? Probably a little bit of it. And we got to give credit to uh, Zelensky out of the Ukraine. He's done a very good job when it comes to the PR of trying to show and expose what's going on with Putin. Has he maybe exaggerated a few things for the heightened sense of awareness? Maybe. Who knows? Number one, he's a politician. Number two, he's doing what it takes to try and survive as a nation without being overthrown. So would he maybe enhance things a little bit? Maybe. Welcome to politics. Doesn't mean that what Vladimir Putin's doing isn't bad in any way, shape, or form. He has bombed maternity wards. He has bombed at long-term care facilities. And now, according to the latest headlines that we're seeing from both conservative and liberal sources on the interweb, is that as the Russian troops are pulling out of the uh, pulling out of Ukraine a little bit and Kiev, that they're also leaving behind nice little mines in, uh, underneath dead bodies. In apartment buildings or in apartment areas where civilians actually walk around. So now not only do we have to worry about Russian soldiers, we also have to worry about the collateral damage that's going to be left behind when they actually just like, oh, sorry, we totally left the place. Then you walk on a landmine that was placed in the middle of the city right by an apartment complex. That's devastating. And that's not okay. I don't care what purpose or what they think that was going on with Putin coming and saving the day, getting rid of a corrupt government, stopping biolabs from the from the U.S. Is all that true? Maybe a little bit, but this guy's a monster, and he needs to be eliminated. I think the best way to do it, honestly, is to put a bounty on his head and see where the Russian people actually go. The sad part is, is that we've seen approval ratings go up for Biden, although I have to uh, question those as well, just like what we do here. With our own uh, polling system in the United States, where we poll inner cities to try and get a more uh, a diverse number of ratings and be like, oh, look at that. Democrats are doing really well when they poll predominantly Democrat districts. That's what's happening in the uh, in Russia when you have the uh, propaganda machines that are telling people what to think. They don't know anything different. They think that Putin's doing good. And they're like, hey, what do you think about Putin? Well, this is what I've heard. So it must be doing pretty good. I'm questioning, though, why Putin's actually pulling out of out of Kiev. 
I don't know if it makes any sense to me, and I'm very skeptical. Are we in for a massive secondary wave of Russian soldiers? Because we are talking about the third largest military on the face of the earth and Ukraine that is big in size, not necessarily big in manpower and in military. It is It falls in comparison big time to the size of the Russian army. Now, yes, Russia, I think, has made some miscalculations. I think that they've miscalculated what was going to happen there, the response of the people and the resources that they needed. So do they need to pull out? Probably. But are they ready for a major wave now of a second one coming in and just obliterating Ukraine? I am concerned about that because I think they've been exposed for their weakness. And with a madman like Vladimir Putin, I don't think that exposing his weakness is necessarily a very smart thing to do because he's going to come back extremely vengeful with that rabid dog backs into a corner to where he would rather lash out and go out in a uh, blaze of glory as opposed to thinking rationally and reserving and preserving what he actually has left over as opposed to just doing something completely emotional and irrational. Why would he be pulling out now? And what's the point if he hasn't accomplished the duty that he set out to actually do? I am skeptical. But something needs to be done soon. And, of course, Biden calling for this. Does that mean it's going to happen? No, it doesn't mean it's going to happen. It's a talking point for the Biden administration going into the midterm elections when that's the one slight bump in poll approval ratings that the Biden administration has was their quote-unquote handling of the Russian issue. Even though it's been botched and it's been completely disastrous, they say that they've gotten a bump in approval rating, so he's continuously trying to talk tough. Are there going to be war crime investigations on Putin? Probably not. Because, again, why would the world government investigate the person that's really funding and leading the world government that doesn't make any sense to me so it's all a charade don't fall for them the, the shenanigans from the biden administration Andy Hoosier here, reminding you, not only can you listen to The Voice of Reason on your favorite radio station, but also check out the video of the program on TV and online. We're excited to be working with our partners over at OpsLens to bring The Voice of Reason live every day on their website at OpsLens.com, on the OpsLens app that you can download on any of your smartphones, or on any of the OpsLens social media. It's a great network that broadcasts multiple shows promoting truth, reason, and common sense, reaching thousands of viewers every day, all day long. Plus, while you're there, you can always watch some of the best highlights of the show during the weekends or read our latest opinion columns on topical issues of the day. Also, if you want to interact with me during the program, just leave a comment on their social media or the OpsLens app stream. You can always join the live chat rooms, or if it's easier, just email me at network at gmail.com. Again, that's network at gmail.com. This is your show, and we want to hear from you. Why? Because it's time for you to be your own voice of reason in your own community. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at network at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at hoosierreason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at network at gmail.com or find our contact information at hoosierreason.com. 
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You want some more reason throughout the day? Well, now it's easier than ever to find. Here's what you do. Check out the website at HoosierReason.com. There you can find past shows, links to all of our social media, special features, our monthly blogs, and a heck of a lot more. Plus, make sure to check in frequently as we're constantly working to add more goodies that you'll really enjoy. Also, you can always subscribe and follow our social media sites for bonus content, articles that we use on the show, or maybe some additional rants. Yeah, it's all that and so much more. Check it all out at HoosierReason.com. Bring some reason into your day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. 24 minutes past the hour. Radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. Hey, reminder for you, the Voice of Reason Hoosier Reason newsletter came out this morning. If you missed it, then what the heck, man? Why didn't you sign up? No worries. You can always sign up again here. Just go to HoosierReason.com. H-O-O-S-E-R Reason.com. Sign up for the newsletter. Totally free. And we'll send you the one for next month. Also, our blog is officially up on there as well on the website at whosreason.com, our latest one. It's also apparently going to be posted again on the OpsLens team as well as uh, is an op-ed piece. So that's awesome, and we appreciate them very much. And uh, by the way, all the listeners on the OpsLens, that's cool. We love you guys. Appreciate that very, very much. But uh, the OpsLens uh, opinion article will be out here soon here in the next week, I think, but the blog is on the website at whosyourreason.com, and if you want to sign up for the newsletter, you can get signed up for the next month one. Just go to whosyourreason.com, sign up, become a Hoosier-holic, and we'll be there for you, sending you all the goodies that you want uh, via the email. Speaking of the interweb and social media and stuff, I'm sure you saw the headlines today of Elon Musk that has officially become the majority share owner of the company of Twitter. That's kind of interesting. Now... Now, this comes after Elon Musk said that he was considering opening up his own social media, which, again, I find fascinating because there are so many different social medias popping up right now. It's hard to keep track. And I got to be honest, we're on just about all of them. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on YouTube and Twitch.tv and Getter. And uh, I'm on Truth, but I haven't gotten my activation yet from Truth, the Truth Social, the Trump social media site, I still haven't gotten my approval to be able to be on there. So it's there, but I can't do anything with it. We're also on Telegram and oh, I got to look at my phone. I got I don't even know what else I'm on. I'm on Facebook and Telegram and Getter and Twitter and Instagram and TikTok and Truth Social and OurFreedomBook.com and LinkedIn and YouTube. Yeah, we're on all those. And all of them, by the way, are at the same handle at Hoosier Reason. And uh, apparently we were going to have to get on another one if Elon Musk was going to start a new social media. But instead of starting one, why not just make one him or why not just fix one that he's having an issue with as he's on the Tweety and he loves being on the Tweety. And apparently he has now bought a massive amount of shares, nearly nine point what three nine point seven percent of the shares which is the majority of all the shares of Twitter, roughly uh, uh, nearing $300 million or something like that, something stupid. Here's the question. Are we going to start seeing a change from the Tweety? He was concerned about censorship. He was concerned about false information and not like the false information that Twitter and social and Facebook that were concerned about trying to shadow ban and block people, but he was concerned about false information and a lack of dialogue that goes on on social media. And I got to admit, I'm a big fan of Elon Musk. I don't always agree with everything that he does, 
and some of the projects that he's working on. I find them fascinating. I know that he does it with the purest of intent. I know that he is probably one of the smartest dudes on the face of the earth right now, and I give him all the mad props and respects for that one. Uh, and this is a way for him to help out humanity again, I think, with his uh, purchasing of the Twitter. So will we see some policy changes when it comes to the Twitter, and will it help conservatives? Will Donald Trump be able to get back on the Twitter account? Will conservatives actually have a voice on there again as opposed to being shadow banned, silenced, and completely blocked on there to where no one can actually see it? I have lost so many different followers on on Twitter, it's not even funny. I was up to almost 5,000 followers on there. Then we dropped down to like 1,800, and I can't get past two grand now. I just can't get past 2,000. So maybe that'll change it. Maybe that'll fix it. I have no clue. But I do find it interesting that Elon Musk uh, wanted to take over the Twitter, which makes total sense. Buy already a major one as opposed to starting yet another one that people have to go to and fix it from within and actually make it better. This guy's on it. He knows what he's doing. And I'm really hoping I'm optimistic that we can actually see some positive things coming out uh, from Twitter. Maybe not. Maybe not. But with being a shareholder now, even a larger shareholder than Jack Dorsey, I think we could at least see a different style of Twitter coming out relatively soon. All right, when we come back, got to take a break. Tom Rigsby, he'll be coming on here talking about American contingency. Are you prepared for something bad to happen? Anything from a bad storm to the zombie apocalypse? We'll talk about your preparedness. Where are you at? We'll have some fun with that conversation right around the corner here for a Monday on The Voice of Reason. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You know, when I get off the air every day, the battle for me against limited government censorship and even unfactual content is far from over. That's why now I'm so happy to say that the Hoosier Media Network is giving you more opportunity to catch the voice of reason along with other great shows and podcasts. It's been a long time in the works, and now you can finally enjoy more great content, services, and topical shows. We're the safe space for alternative talk, information, and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates. From holistic and alternative medicine, discussions on religion and spirituality, hear entertainment shows, and of course yours truly with the voice of reason. Plus, we offer numerous media services, including helping you set up your own podcast, become your own voice of reason, and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic. For information on all of our shows, links to podcasts, each show website or social media link, or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment, visit our website at HoosierMedia.com. Again, that's HoosierMedia.com, the future of media. When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Golly, it flies right on by. Fastest hour of radio on, well, radio. Multiple radio stations, TV stations, live streaming, podcasts all over the place. Whether you're watching, listening, we appreciate you very much. Trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five-pound bag. Trying to rebrand the millennial generation, one radio listener at a time, which (laughs) I know is a difficult task. Because there are some wackadoodles out there, but we are representing and showing that that's not all of us because there are actually some with common sense on our shoulders, which we try to promote that common sense, reason, and rationale, things that are just a uh, minority opinion in the world today, right? Are we, that's it. Yeah. By the way, real quickly with the whole China COVID stuff that's going on right now with them locking things down again, doing the crazy sprays that are going around, telling people they can't go to work. Uh, I'm wondering how many deaths are happening here in the United States. I'm sure the Biden administration has an update for us. What do you think, guys? COVID has taken this year, just since the outbreak, has taken more than 100 years. Look, here's 
the lives, it's just, it's, when you think about it. You got to think about it, man. You just got to think about it, right? Come on. Welcome back into the program. Great to have you along. I want to shift gears a little bit. Uh, it's kind of a different conversation, but it fits right in with some of the stuff that's going on in the world. Obviously, people are concerned, and as the progressives try to tell us, we cling on to our guns and our Bibles way too much, right? We're just the deplorables of society because we just cling on to our guns and Bibles. Well, I'm here to tell you, I am here to tell you, uh, the hell's wrong with that? And I don't see anything wrong with that. Uh, are you prepared, whether it's the zombie apocalypse or whether it's a bad storm that could happen around your area? Are you prepared? There are There is a major focus across the nation, I think, right now of individuals that are just concerned of what's going to happen. With 8% inflation rates, it's kind of hard to go out and actually buy food. With them wanting to deplete our oil reserves right now, we're getting concerned of what's going to happen with energy down the road until you're forced to buy that electric car and then, <laughs> sorry, but the power went out because the grid was too strained. Uh, whether it's bad storms. I live in Wichita, Kansas, where our flagship radio station is. I'm in the heartland of the country, where just an hour away is the National Weather Service's tornado chasers for the country, because we have that many. Yeah, so no matter what's going on, are you prepared? I love these conversations, and our next guest is the guy that's going to talk about some of this stuff. Uh, as many individuals, obviously, this is kind of the top of mind, as survival items are selling out at record paces all over the nation. This guy, he's a military man, 14 years of military experience, 30 years being a business guy as well. He's the executive director of American Contingency, which you can find online at AmericanContingency.com. Super happy to have on the program with us here, Mr. Tom Rigsby. Tom, how are you, my friend? Man, I'm doing great. Uh, just happy to be alive. Yeah, hey, that's the way to live, my friend. That's what it's all about. So, survival items, whether it's fro uh, uh, dried food or frozen food or firearms or any of that stuff, that's kind of the hot commodity to buy right now for 2022, isn't it? Well, it really is, Andy. And you know the the interesting question is well, what counts as survival items, mm. right? Because really, it's just the stuff that we use every day. And, you know, in, in your intro there, I was as I was listening, I was thinking, you know, how many people have a fire extinguisher in their kitchen? Probably most of us. Yeah. Well, that's because they're prepared for a fire in the kitchen. Sure. You know, if we applied the same logic that, that the mass media wants us to use toward being prepared, they would we would say, well, why don't you just wait for the fire department to get there? <laughs> well... Because best case scenario, they're seven minutes away, and my house can be fully involved in seven minutes. So all we're really talking about is in, with the work that we do within our member network and, and our member communities is just think about what that most likely scenario is and then plan for what would you need to do to be prepared for that. You sure. mentioned tornadoes. If, if tornadoes are prevalent in your area like they are in mine, then you know what comes along with that? Well, I've got power outages. I might have some wind damage. I might have some flooding. Okay, what do I need to do to be prepared for a couple of days without power, to deal with flooding, to deal with wind damage, and then just prepare for that? Sure. Yeah, it's not that hard of a thing, but yet this gets labeled for some reason when you try to prepare if you have this emergency kit, if you have the stuff, you know, for when the power goes out or if there's, you know, a shortage on food or whatever. It gets labeled as conspiracy theorists or doomsday preppers. And I mean, I love that TV show, Doomsday Preppers, where you can watch people go all out and go really to the extreme on this stuff. But when you talk about preparing, it's really not just about just the conspiracy theorists hiding in a concrete bunker in the basement waiting for end of the world to happen. It's just for basic common stuff because, 
guess what? Uh, there's not a safety net when the power goes out because a tornado is coming through your community. Well, you're you're 100 percent correct, and and you mentioned it a few minutes ago. Once we're all driving electric cars, is the grid going to be able to hold up to that? And you know, I want to be able to be prepared for that. I feel like it's it's prudent on my part to do what I can to make sure that that we survive that. And you know, there's a lot of different threats that go around, right? If a tornado comes through and the power's out for a couple of hours there's probably not going to be mass looting and, and craziness going on. Sure. But if it's out for a week, you know, I mean, statistically, we know that most American households have about three days worth of food in them. Right now, you have about three days worth of food in the house. And if most of that food is in the refrigerator, which it is because we buy a lot of pre-processed food, um, then that food might not last for three days. Sure. So we've got about three days before you know, everybody starts getting hungry. If you look at it from the perspective of what would it do to really interrupt our lives on a day-to-day basis, you know, there's only four companies in the country, primarily four uh, companies, that distribute all the food around the country. We don't, you know, the the bad actors wouldn't have to take down all four of them, just one of them. Yeah. The same way they did the Colonial Pipeline. We don't have to take down, or they don't have to take down, rather, all of the banks just one small regional bank, everybody wakes up one morning with a negative balance. What's everybody else going to do with their money? Right? Yeah. There'll be a run on the bank. So, um, or it could be a natural disaster. I mean, you take something on the scale of, of Hurricane Katrina. Um, that was a, um, oh my, the crap hit the fan kind of moment for the people that live there. Right? The, those of us that live hundreds of miles inland not so much, but for those people, that was the end of the world as they knew it. Sure. So, you know, we can learn lessons from that. That's what we try to do is look at those things that have already happened, look at the way people respond to that, look at the way our uh, government and, and supporting structures are set up to respond to that, and then try to fill those gaps to meet those interim needs. Sure. Let's go down the road of uh, the theoretical, and let's go to a little bit more of those extremes that you could potentially be prepared for if something happened, whether it is the financial institution, whether it's the power grid that goes out, whether it's uh, you know a, a shortage on food or water, whatever. At what point, how long, or how much of a time frame is it really before there starts to get some anxious people that are in the streets to start to do some really dumb stuff? Are we talking like two to three to four days? Are we talking a full week? I mean, when do you expect to see something like that if like worst case scenario things start to happen well if it's if it's the result of a natural disaster i think that timeline is extensive i mean we're we're probably looking at five six seven days Hmm. if it's something like we we've seen you know over the past couple of years even with organized demonstrations that that turn into chaos it could literally be hours right and the, the the area in Kenosha, Wisconsin, which many of us might not have even heard of before, you know, a year or two ago, went from just a, a little neighborhood to complete chaos in a matter of minutes. Sure. So it, it really depends on the threat and then how people feel in response to that threat. I had a, had a similar uh, question from a gentleman that lived in New York, and he asked me what I felt the primary threat to him was as he lived in New York City. Sure. 
thought about it for a minute and said, sanitation is going to be your big problem. Because mm. right? you get that many people in that close quarters and nobody's picking up the garbage for two or three days. It becomes a problem really quick. It's going to pile up, yeah. Pretty soon you're going to be making the uh, yeah. the the walls like in the movie of 300. Going to be making walls full of trash kind of thing. Uh, it's how quickly that's going to go. We're talking with Tom Rigsby. He's the executive director of American Contingency, AmericanContingency.com. For the average American, what do you recommend just to have in a survivalist bag? Like how many days worth of food? How much water? You know, the clothes, the you know, the whatever. I mean, what do you uh, just in a general idea? What do you recommend people to have in kind of a uh, an emergency pack or bag or something? Sure, that's a great question. Um, we talk about planning horizons when we when we look at questions like this. If you're starting from nothing, I would encourage you to look at three days, seventy two hours. Right? Okay. What do I have to have to get through seventy two hours? Um, you know, in my car, I keep um, a, a change of clothes, good pair of boots. And, and I've got my get home bags, what I call it. But it's the the things that I would need if I needed to walk home. Sure. Basically. Um, and, you know, if you're if you're able to be at home, and that that's a consideration that many of us don't think about. The kids will be at school. Um, you know, one or both parents will be at work. We'll we'll all be in different places if something happens during the day. How do we get in touch with each other? Right. And, yeah. You know, kids at school, cell phone maybe, maybe not. Um, so have a plan, talk about it as a family, you know, where do we go? Where do we try to meet up? Do we try to get back home? Do I come to you? Do you come to me? Those sorts of things, uh, in the bag, change of clothes, something seasonal for sure. Um, you know, if it's cold out, have a jacket. If it's springtime, have a raincoat, uh, some comfortable shoes, flashlights are good, something to carry water in or, or have some bottled water in there. Uh, and maybe just throw some, um, there's prepackaged uh, food, you know, survival food, protein cake. Sure. I tell you what. I, just throw hey, some food in there. Sure. Hold that thought. we got to take a hard break here. And uh, when we come back, I want to talk about the continuation of what we should store. Also, uh, if anybody is starting off, kind of what the best way is to start off with that as well. We'll talk with Tom Rigsby, uh, American Contingency. We'll do this conversation when we come back here on a Monday for The Voice of Reason. Stay the here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Andy Hoosier here, reminding you, not only can you listen to The Voice of Reason on your favorite radio station, but also check out the video of the program on TV and online. We're excited to be working with our partners over at OpsLens to bring The Voice of Reason live every day on their website at OpsLens.com, on the OpsLens app that you can download on any of your smartphones, or on any of the OpsLens social media. It's a great network that broadcasts multiple shows promoting truth, reason, and common sense, reaching thousands of viewers every day, all day long. Plus, while you're there, you can always watch some of the best highlights of the show during the weekends or read our latest opinion columns on topical issues of the day. Also, if you want to interact with me during the program, just leave a comment on their social media or the OpsLens app stream. You can always join the live chat rooms, or if it's easier, just email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. Again, that's HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. This is your show, and we want to hear from you. Why? Because it's time for you to be your own voice of reason in your own community. 
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You want some more reason throughout the day? Well, now it's easier than ever to find. Here's what you do. Check out the website at HoosierReason.com. There you can find past shows, links to all of our social media, special features, our monthly blogs, and a heck of a lot more. Plus, make sure to check in frequently as we're constantly working to add more goodies that you'll really enjoy. Also, you can always subscribe and follow our social media sites for bonus content, articles that we use on the show, or maybe some additional rants. Yeah, it's all that and so much more. Check it all out at HoosierReason.com. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right. Welcome back into the program. Last few minutes as we wrap up the show today for a Monday. I enjoyed this conversation. We're going to have to have this guy back on the program talk more because we could go off in so many directions between the cryptocurrencies, between uh, the economic stuff, between the wars that we're seeing. I mean, right now, what did we see? We saw the cutting off of the world from Russia to where Russian citizens who don't even have anything to do with the war can't get on social media, have their online bank account shut down. They have no information coming from the outside. They had their propaganda. How do you prepare for that kind of stuff? How do you get ready for that? Uh, I mean, cryptocurrencies that want to be regulated, taxed, and enforced now from the federal government because, heaven forbid, they're not getting their money from the cryptocurrencies. I mean, it's... Uh... <laughs> So those are conversations that we want to have as we continue this. We're talking right now with Tom Rigsby. He is the executive director of American Contingency, online at AmericanContingency.com. Tom, let's talk about, again, let's start off with the basics here. I have, I don't know, two deep freezes at my home with food. Uh, If electricity goes out, obviously deep freezes are not going to do me a whole lot of good. If there is a long-term thing that people want to prepare for with a lack of food right now, we're hearing about a potential food shortage because of the lack of grain and things that are being uh, grown and exported out of the Ukraine because of this ongoing war, us cutting off from buying resources from Russia right now. Russia and the Ukraine are major contributors to the agricultural industry. If we do see a food shortage, what types of foods should we be preparing or kind of stock up on? Is it the meats? Is it the canned foods? Is it the freeze-dried foods? Is it the the MRIs? I mean, what are we talking about here that we need to stock up on? Yeah, that's a great question, Andy. I, I think we have to start looking at it from the macro perspective, right? We like, to, Americans, we like to get our protein from meat. So um, beef, chicken, uh, fish, that sort of thing. Um if we can, that's a great place to get it. But to your point, keeping it fresh is going to be the problem. Yeah. We might have to look at alternative ways of getting our protein. Um, but but you get you need protein, you need carbs, and you need vegetables, right? And so there's always. I mean, we can look back at the Great Depression for a great example of what this how this plays out in day to day life. Um, you have families growing gardens in their backyard. Yeah. You have the, the types of foods, the dry foods that you can store indefinitely. And, and I think that the thing to remember is that this is not 
doesn't have to be an all or nothing uh, scenario, sure. right? I can have some food stored at my house, and I might not be able to store six months' worth of food at my house. There's space considerations, right? But if I have some food stored at my house, then I at least reduce the impact or mitigate the impact of those food shortages at the grocery store. Sure. Maybe I can go an extra week between grocery store visits uh, and kind of stretch that out. You know, there's the old thing about best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is right now. Yeah. And, you know, for, for those of us that don't have anything set aside, you know, buy an extra can of beans. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it sounds silly, but you start small and you do that every time you go to the store. And before you know it, you've got, you know, three days and then three weeks and then three months worth of food. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that in any way, shape, or form. Uh, we got just about a minute left here before we kind of wrap up, but is there, and do you think that there's been an increase of individuals and families across the nation that have been interested in starting a backyard home garden, starting by growing just a few little crops here and there, just a few plants, and and even going medicinal herbs and buying uh, just uh, the plants and roots and stuff that can be used for medicinal purposes? Has there been an increase in interest, do you think, in that industry? Oh, absolutely. You can see that in the number of, of YouTube channels and, and websites that are popping up to help people with that, to some degree, lost knowledge that, that our parents and grandparents have, but now has been lost. And we're seeing it at American Contingency also, as more and more people are coming in and asking those questions about how do I get started and, and how do I be better prepared. I love that. Real quickly, in about 45 seconds, talk about American Contingency. What, uh, what do you guys do and what can people get involved with? Sure. We are a network of groups. We have uh, members in all 50 states. We have groups in about 44 states. Um, and it's just people helping people. It, it's neighbors. It's like a, a neighborhood watch on steroids. Um, nationally, we help people plan, but locally is where the, the real aid and support comes from. We just encourage people to know their neighbors and, and plan for whatever might come next what it's all about americancontingency.com go and check out the website tom it's great to talk to you my friend i love these conversations we got to get you back on again real soon my pleasure andy anytime hey appreciate that very much it does it for us today first day of the week done over in the books baby we're back at it tomorrow podcast up in just a little bit we have a laundry list of things to get to over the next couple of days and i want you to be part of that conversation the entire time until then be your own voice of reason bring some common sense and be that catalyst of change in your community. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You know, when I get off the air every day, the battle for me against limited government, censorship, and even unfactual content is far from over. That's why now I'm so happy to say that the Hoosier Media Network is giving you more opportunity to catch The Voice of Reason along with other great shows and podcasts. It's been a long time in the works, and now you can finally enjoy more great content, services, and topical shows. We're the safe space for alternative talk, information, and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates. From holistic and alternative medicine, discussions on religion and spirituality, hear entertainment shows, and of course yours truly with the voice of reason. Plus, we offer numerous media services, including helping you set up your own podcast, become your own voice of reason, and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic. For information on all of our shows, links to podcasts, each show website or social media link, or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment, visit our website at HoosierMedia.com. Again, that's HoosierMedia.com, the future of media.